0: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Wire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Big Vets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go.
1: Spreading the court, 10 seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket, under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh, they did it. A miracle. Fudgeons. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by Bet MGM. I'm your host, Jim Root, joined by the rest of the three-man weave crew, Kai McEwen and Matt Cox. We are your midweek Wednesday hosts on BBOC here stepping in for Stucky and the fellas every Wednesday of course we'll be dropping a new episode talking all things betting in the world of college basketball today's episode we get your your standard format here we're going to talk key games of the week some uh, a trash man pick of the week the worst game out there and of course Matt we're tipping off with live dogs of the week
0: um, where's my dog uh-huh there's my dogs where's my dog
1: at least had a little bit of bounce back this week uh, after a nightmarish week prior we all hit on Texas A&M outright consensus the three of us all agreed Texas A&M and Auburn that's a, that's a money line backer and they basically led by double digits the whole way that's nice got got that out of the way Oregon State and Portland got trounced sadly uh, but hey one out of three with these at close to plus 300 will take them or at least some of the times it's up there that's not so bad all right Let's get into what I'm considering for this week. I think it's a lot heavier Thursday for Moneyline Dogs than it is Wednesday. That's just the sense I got as I looked through it. But we'll start with two on Wednesday that at least intrigued me. Southern Illinois plus six at Bradley in the Missouri Valley, two teams near the top of that league. And then Maine plus seven at Bryant. Maine has been pretty solid this year, a lot better than in the past. And Bryant is a very erratic, high variance type of team, given the amount of threes they take. Hi, I'll go to you first here. Are you looking at either of these games an in-state <clears throat> Illinois battle or something out east in the America East?
2: You know, the Bradley game worries me, Jim. Bradley is really good at home. Really, really, really good at home. They're 9-2 and against the spread this season. Whatever makes uh, Peoria such a special place, I don't know. Nice town. They don't lose often here. Um, Now, Southern Southern Illinois, certainly a very, very good team. But I I think I would more so be willing to back them at their place versus at Bradley. So staying off that one, as for Maine, I do think they're a much better home team as well. Uh, But this Bryan team has been anything but certain. Uh, I'm also going to stay away from this one, Jim, from an outright perspective. Jim, I almost pulled the trigger on SIU.
3: The early, early, early peak headlines are out for Wednesday. Bell, line has this Bradley minus six, so right in line with Kempom and Bryant basically at seven and a half. So on par with the Kempom projections there. I kind of like SIU at this value. Just think it could turn into a slog. SIU can do that to Bradley. Um, and as good as Bradley's been, I think they are not immune to scoring droughts. Uh, something you want to fade if you're looking to pick on them as a money line dog here. I kind of like my Salukis, guy. I kind of like him here as a Moneyline dog. Yeah, do you? By end of this section, things.
1: I might I might add him to the official list. I
3: have him on the fringe right now, though.
1: Go ahead, Jim. It's, two, it's two teams that play similar, like very defensive-minded, athletic, gritty, tough. I mean, that's kind of – what's the word I'm looking for? Engraved, embedded. Yeah. Emboldened. Uh, emblematic, that's what I'm looking for. Emblematic of this league as a whole, Missouri Valley. Uh, and so that could lead to the dog hanging around. But I agree, I'm not actually backing any uh, – I'm not backing SIU – I'm going to take Maine. I've, I've been kind of a, a believer in Markwood all year. They got a big victory over UMass Lowell earlier this season. As Kai mentioned, that was at home. It Bradley just seems like there's something off about them. They're not, or excuse me, Bryant. Something off with Bryant in the America East. Uh, I thought they would be a dominant top two team, and they're barely hanging around. Their talent level is way better than a lot of the other squads in the league, but they're just inconsistent. They don't seem like they have a... True pecking order chemistry thing figured out, which is always concerning when you bring in as much talent to the portal as they did. So I'll back main, uh, half spread, half money line, I think I'll go with there. Thursday, though, guys, a whole lot of candidates, I think. And I'm curious if you came up with any more on Wednesday or Thursday, but I'll just fly through five that I I listed. I ended up playing two of them. We'll talk about that at the end, Uh, but Towson is plus six at Hofstra. Thousands won six straight. They already thrashed Hofstra by 21 once this year. So perhaps a a matchup antidote sort of thing. Washington State plus five at USC. TJ Bamba back for Washington State. They have the size to defend. However, USC has had a full week off to prepare. So perhaps that is a mitigating factor. Michigan plus six at Northwestern. Jet Howard's back. Michigan needs to stay above 500 overall if they have any hope of making the NCAA tournament. So kind of a backs against wall game. UTEP plus seven at Tennessee. UTEP a very defensive-minded squad. And then the opposite of that, Wright State plus eight at Youngstown. This could be a shootout, total 161. Big-time fireworks scoring in that one. Maybe a little tougher to figure out the outcome. Matt, you first. That's five of them. Do you like any of those? Do you like any others that I did not mention? Hit me with it. I like two.
3: I really like Towson here. Yeah, this just is a, a, a spot where I think Towson got undervalued when Holden was out. Um, and Hofstra, obviously, with a little bit of inflated value off of the monstrous or with the uh, the Charleston game uh, fresh in the rear view, obviously shot the lights out there. Yeah, Hofstra is very good. I just think Towson's actually better. Um, so you're getting potentially the better team here um, at a probably a plus 175, uh, you know, maybe up to two to one price here for Moneyline Dog. I like Towson and I also love Wright State. There's whispers, Kai, that I'm going to permeate throughout the, the ozone. Youngstown, sell 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 oh, really why they don't guard anything hmm. transition to be very porous i think their offense has been awesome but their offense is highly reliant on their ability to score in transition calhoun's talked about this he's like yeah man we're awesome in transition but you get us out of transition make us play a half-court game not that right state's the best at doing that right but i'm taking a really good coach here in scott nagy the perennial powerhouse of this conference and an all-time low point um this number should be close to like plus 225 maybe 250 even hopefully Knock on wood. I
2: just think Youngstown's a little bit of a fade right now. So that's my angle with that one. I got two on the slate. A scary one there, I think. Wright State, I mean, talk about not defending. Wright State does not defend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Youngstown, good home team. But yeah, I- I'm staying away with that one. I respect your, your take there. I'm taking Towson for sure. Uh, uh, you know, I-, I do think the first game was indicative of just how this team can dominate Hofstra. In fact, they swept them last year as well. It's possible as Pat Scary just has the, the, the manual on Speedy Claxton, his his Hofster pride. And I agree. Towson was arguably, I think not even arguably, the favorite to win the Colonial in the preseason. They're certainly playing more to that level. So I think you're getting some some nice value here at, at plus six or a money line. Uh, and then I'm taking Michigan as well, Jim. Again, Michigan, a team that did beat Northwestern as well at their place. Uh, I, I think this team is more than talented enough to do it again in Chicago, in Evanston. Not a super strong home court, and Michigan off that really terrible loss to Penn State should be slightly undervalued, should be hungry to get back in the win column, stick around in the tourney picture.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Kai. I'm taking Michigan. I think that's a really good spot for them. Jet Howard back healthy, hopefully giving them a little more offensive juice. And while I do respect Northwestern this year, um, the home court is tough for them. It's not as strong. And Kai, as you pointed out on another show that we work on, Northwestern's defense hasn't been as dominant as it was in the non-con. So, with that in mind, uh, Michigan's pick and roll defense still a little concerning in this one against Bowie and Adige. But I think Mich- Michigan is is at some point going to get motivated enough to really start playing up to their talent. Dickinson, especially. I mean, he's coming off a really really poor game. So the other one I'm taking is Wazoo Matthew. I was surprised you didn't join me here. Yeah, I was or, uh, your Cougs. They're 360 first nationally in luck for Ken Palm. They are way better than that 10 and 13 record indicates lost a lot of close games. I think they can hang with USC and while there's less of a risk of a UCLA win hangover, because it's been a week for USC, that is still the last game they played. and and perhaps they're not quite as amped for Washington state as they were for their crosstown rival there. All right. So quick recap, although I guess I'll, I'll open it to you guys. Any other ones you are looking at that I did not mention Matt or Kai. I got nothing, Jim. Nothing. Matthew? Yeah, no, great filter, Jim. You 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 scoured the earth and you
3: you brought back the best diamonds for us to choose from. So thank you for doing so.
1: Uh you know, I do what I can. I'm glad that uh the filter filtration process worked as expected. I'm taking Maine, Washington State, and Michigan. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna continue splitting those between spread and money line, uh, because I, I want to have a chance at the cover, but also the upside of the money line. Kai, what about you? Towson and Michigan. For me, two six-point
2: dogs per Ken Palm. We'll see where the actual spreads lie.
3: Houston and Wright State for me. Um, just don't trust Michigan at this point. I'm just really sick of that team, and uh, I think Wright State is a great dog to send into battle with my fade Youngstown angle. So let's
1: go Raiders. That's out on the Penguins. Shocking, jarring, sad to see him. <sighs> Scary. Such disrespect to the Penguins, the home Penguins, in their home igloos. Tough, tough team to beat. All right, let's move on to the next section. That would be blowout city
0: fire in
2: the hole.
1: This has been a house of horrors for us, I will say. We're struggling to find the blowouts, but I think we said every week be careful of these picks. Like we're not even endorsing them that strongly because it's hard to find blowouts in league play. There's a lot of feisty dogs. That said, guys, I love the first one here. Liberty minus 14 at Austin P on Thursday. These are two teams just skyrocketing in different directions. Liberty is obliterating league competition, like shooting up advanced analytical rankings. They've won six straight games by 11 or more. On the other hand, Kai, Austin P has lost six straight games by 11 or more. They are descending into the depths. I, I, I'm actually surprised that this is only 14 per Ken Pom because. Yeah. There's almost a 300 rank gap between them in in Ken Palm's uh, uh, actual rankings. There, it's mostly tempo. It's going to be a slow game, so there's not as many possessions for it to bear out. But I, I think with the form they're in, Liberty just deconstructs this Austin P team.
2: Yeah, and the A Sun is uh, conducive to blowouts. They're the fourth highest blowout percentage in the country this season in conference play. Twenty percent of these games are are. Over 19 points, side of over 19 points. That's because mostly because they have Liberty in this conference, who is dominant, best defense by a mile in this league. The difference between Liberty and the second best team defensively, I, I can't even calculate it. it it'd be a difference between like the first and hundredth team in, in the country this season overall. And Austin P's offense has been terrible, uh, dead last in this conference, and they've been hurt. They've been really, really hurt. Sean Robinson, uh, Stone Carroll, both in and out of the lineup. There's just no consistency. I agree with this pick here, Liberty, blowing them out.
3: Yeah, I've been sort of, I don't buy Liberty guy. Like Liberty as like this holy crap top 40 fringe team, but I am super in on the fade Austin P thing. Uh, <laughs> to me, it's like you can draw the line from Stone Carowell going out to their demise. They basically won two whatever games, and then they've been disastrous ever since. Right, Got beaten back-to-back games against Lipscomb, it's been a slow and dis- slow and very um, steady demise sense. So I think they keep falling even farther. There's just not a lot of talent here, especially with those injuries. I mean, even Piaz has been like, you know, James is like not starting him and starting him. It just seems like it's nothing's working. It's a throw your hands up. This is all a failure.
1: Yeah. Given where it's at 14, I bet with those injuries, it's probably up closer to 16, 17. I would lay up to 18 here. I think the flames (laughs) just eviscerate them. Uh, Matt, nice job muting there. Not, Good try. Missing me, Ben. Wow, tough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, the spread will be higher than 14. I'm almost sure of it, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. I'd lay a higher that. The other one I wanted to bring up, not as giant of a spread, not as like a great team versus bad team, but Arizona State, Matt, has lost four straight games. That's rather shocking for a team that was definitely in the NCAA tournament picture. They've maybe fallen outside of the field at this point. Now they're hosting Oregon State, who's won two of their last three, maybe riding a little bit of high. Do you think this is a potential get right with home blowout and make statement to committee type of game for the Sun Devils? Yes, and if they're
3: smart, I think you look at that sixty-six next year I naming mean, Ken Palm. You pull up, you know, then what are they in the net right now? I think they're looking at their analytic metrics, at least they should, and say, "Crap! For now, we're going to be back to this malicious territory. We got to juice those all we, you know, all we can." Oregon State comes to town. You don't give me any opportunities to to lay on, you know, to lay the wood pretty heavy. I don't think they're going to let up here, Kai. At least they shouldn't if they're smart. So, yeah, I think you get that motivational angle plus the spot. God, laying double digits with the Sun Devils doesn't give me a ton of excitement with the form they're in, but I kind of think they do smack Oregon State, which is
2: basically a JV team talent-wise. Yeah, well, that plus this is a five-point game in Corvallis, plus Oregon State can really muck games up. I don't feel confident in in the double-digit spread. Oregon State's lost by this many points four or five times in league play. It's very possible for them to get blown out. I'm not sure Arizona State's team to do it uh, I'll probably sit this one out
1: yeah that's fair I, I think the angle and we're going to discuss this angle a little bit in the spotlight section is looking at these bubble teams that need to improve metrics and how much that filters through into their performances again we'll discuss that again at the end of the pod stick around for more talk on that um, all right let's move on to our next section but before we do College basketball season is in full swing. So get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and receive first bet insurance up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility agreements, rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. This excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Call or text the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York.
0: Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. When you shave with Harry's get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at Harry's.com bluewire blue wire. That's Harry's.com slash blue wire for a $3 trial set. All right. We're talking
1: power game of the week. Now
0: guys, oh, feel the power.
1: oh, I can feel it. It's time to hit the big ones, the big kahunas of Wednesday and Thursday. And it's pretty much all Wednesday guys. Mid major has a little bit more going on on Thursday, but we're starting with Wednesday. Providence at Xavier. Initial spread here, Xavier laying four at home, a huge one. These teams are among the three-way tie atop the Big East along with Marquette. And Kai, none of those four teams have won on the road at one of the other four. So like mm. the top teams in the Big East have all held serve at home. That would certainly lead you towards a potential Xavier bet here. I know it's four points. Providence hangs around. How do you feel about this game?
2: I'm winning Xavier here, Jim. Uh For my money the way better team than Providence and no disrespect to the Friars. I don't, I don't, I frankly don't know how they're this good Uh, credit Ed Cooley, I suppose credit, I guess a unique combination of players plus Bryce Hopkins really developing into an all-conference player. But I just think Xavier top to bottom has more talent. I think they have way more offensive juice and I, I, I think they're a little bit better coach. No offense to Cooley. Again, I think Sean Miller's done a great job with Xavier and if it's four points, I think it's a little short. Uh, I think they can get the job done here, Matt.
3: I'm with you. Four seems way too short via Kempom. We'll see what it actually opens up. I would wager five, maybe even six, hopefully not, because I'm looking to back the X here as well. I, Yeah, this could be Cooley's best team ever. Like, that's on the heels of last season, which was mostly, you know, the analytic numbers clearly depicted that as more of a mirage, although it was a very impressive year. They've had really good teams in the past, and this might be his best team. And I don't yeah, you know, count with you. I think it's just an awesome Cooley coaching job. I don't fully buy the talents like next-level elites, even though, uh, Hopkins has been kind of a difference maker. I think X is just a more complete, well rounded team, Jim. I worry about their defense. Sometimes they do the old Matador, you know, go right by us type of thing. Um, and in the Zach Fremantle angle, I know he's dicey as well. So I don't, I still like X, but there are some, some, uh, some concerns that can, that worry me.
1: Yeah, I make this probably around. Five. So if you give me Matt, you're talking six, maybe north of that six and a half. Like Cooley as an underdog is fantastic. Road dog, yeah. he's like a 60% shot through his whole career at Providence. So if you give me more points, two possessions, I'll probably lean towards Cooley. Uh, but I do think Xavier wins. Like if you want to, if you're thinking like money line type stuff, you want a team that feels safe ish, um, it would be Xavier. Just from a pure numerical value sense, as this ticks up, I, I, I want to take a look at Cooley. All right, Tennessee at Florida. Next game. Tennessee minus eight per Mr. Pomeroy at the Gators. Florida in one of the hardest schedule stretches you will find. Uh, they just played at Kansas State, now at Tennessee. Then they've got Alabama and at Kentucky coming up. Like just as ridiculous as you can find. You get like two to three one seeds in there. Kansas State up in that two seed competition as well. Kentucky's surging at this stage, not an easy place to play. All that said. Matt, where do we land on this one? Tennessee just looked invincible against Texas. Florida got boat raced by Kansas State. They have struggled against higher level competition dating back to the Yukon game, dating back to their trip to Portland. Are they able to stand up here against the Vols in, in what feels like a, a monster game for Todd Golden in his first season? I think this game stays within like
3: the high teens. I just think it's gonna be tough to really bury Florida because they play, um, they're playing a little bit. I think a more conservative, I know their last two games did play a 73 possessions surprising, but you know, that last one as K state was, um, what, 114 on the total. I think Florida has really leaned into their. We're going to play low games, right? Low scoring games, defense. Um, you know, that's how, that's our path to victory. I think that type of blueprint keeps this game within the cover range. Cause it's going to be such a big spread given how good Tennessee's been Kai. Even as the Florida guy here on this podcast, I'm not going to back the Gators. I I do think this is probably one that stays around the number the whole time. Um, It's hard for me to back Tennessee on the road in this spot against Florida, but hard for me to trust Florida's offense. So maybe the under is the right play.
2: Yeah, my number will probably lean towards Florida, and I will ignore it because I don't think this Gators team can compete with Tennessee. They're not going to score. Tennessee's defense is way too good. Florida's offense is not good. They cannot shoot. It's a big deal against Tennessee and Castleton's not going to get anything. <laughs> Plot just is, is a big dude himself, but also Tennessee's other front court pieces are big and strong and their, their middle defense is really, really, really good. I don't see how Florida keeps this close. I, I, I'm probably taking Tennessee or nothing here, Jim.
1: Yeah. We, we talked about crock pottings a little before yeah. with the way Virginia plays slow and just methodically pulls you apart there's a chance Tennessee gets up 18 to two and, and it's more than a crock potting, mm-hmm. but I think worst case for the Vols, they give up 50 points to Florida and find their way to 65 against a really good Gators defense. But that offense is abysmal and it's just only getting worse. Uh, And Tennessee just, you you don't hit perimeter shots against them. Florida can't shoot. It's it's going to be a struggle for the Gators. Unfortunately, it'd probably be Tennessee or nothing for me. And that one Gators aren't getting any closer to the bubble. Breaking news by the way, as we are on the pod here, Matt, you mentioned Fremantle being dicey. He is out at least a month, reported, confirmed. So Xavier going to be short-handed. Huh, get it, Zach Fremantle broken hand. Um, mm-hmm. So Fremantle out for quite a while. That affects that Xavier handicap. Certainly Definitely. doubt it's up around five or six at this stage without him. Not as deep in the front court. Got to play a little bit smaller. A lot of minutes for Jack Nunge. Ed Cooley on the road, road dog starting to be at least slightly more appealing there. All right, last one to talk about in power game of the week here Bedlam. It's a big one, Bedlam on Wednesday. Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Sooners three point home favorite per Mr. Pomeroy. A lot of wild games between these two in the past. This is a massive game for bubble purposes. Both of them are probably the next four out territory. They're not right on the cut line, but they're close. Oklahoma just picked up a monster win against Alabama it has them actually a lot closer to the field. There's a chance they're even in right now. Both these teams could really use a victory here, Kai. How do you see this one shaping up in Oklahoma?
2: Game one was a disaster for the Sooners. They lost by 16. It was a really poor shooting display, 4 for 15 from deep. I tend to think that reverses in this one. Oklahoma State's defense is legit. It's it's that good. But OU at home, they're just as good as the Oklahoma State team. Uh, say not all the way back quite yet for OK State. Uh, he might come off the bench, but certainly on a minute's count. I lean towards OU here in, in such a heated rivalry, especially with the uh, the the one loss already on the resume, Matt, against this Cowboys team.
3: Yeah, I bet OU confidently in this first matchup um, felt pretty <laughs> good about it to start and then that quickly uh, eroded. Yeah. I, I, I neither team I can get a read on. I think two of my least profitable teams betting on or against all season um, I want to back Oklahoma again, just not super excited to do so, Jim, when you just beat Alabama by freaking 25 or whatever. Um, I, I do think that's not great. And that was also, as many people on Twitter pointed out, a pretty awesome matchup advantage for Oklahoma with how with um, with how with how Alabama defends and how OU's kind of inverted forwards and mobile versatile forwards can exploit how they defend. So maybe OU reminds us all that they're just a well-coached but ultimately not that talented team. Um, and I think the pokes might actually sweep them here.
1: Yeah, the talent is is centered in a couple places. Like Grant Sherfield went bananas against uh, against Alabama. That's one of their most talented guys. If he's on like that, they're really tough to stop. Uh, Oklahoma State is 8 and 3 against the spread at home, not nearly as effective on the road, so maybe you get them uh, in more of a down spot here. I actually perceived Oklahoma as a lot better at home too, but they're only 4-6 and 1 against the number at home, some early season struggles against Sam Houston and Pine Bluff and South Alabama really bringing those numbers down. But in league play against higher competition, they've been solid at home. So I I kind of lean towards the Sooners in that home spot, revenge, bounce back. It feels like these two teams are even enough that they'll split, uh, but that's not altogether a reason to lay three. So hard to get involved in that one. So nothing on Thursday for power game of the week, which means we're going to move right on into mid-major game of the week. The big one is on Thursday, but we're going to start Wednesday. That is New Mexico at Utah State. Huge one in the Mountain West here. Kai, we are bracketology nerds. We know how much Utah State needs this for their attorney oh. resume. They've got good metric-type ratings, but they have no Q1 wins and two Q4 losses. It's almost impossible to get into the field with that combination. Meanwhile, New Mexico, sitting, sitting a lot prettier, probably like the 8-9 territory. Very athletic team could give Utah State problems that way. How do you perceive this game playing out?
2: Yeah, I love this New Mexico team. They're fantastic. They're electric. Love their guard play. Uh, Having said that, Utah State, very, very tough place to play. The Spectrum Center, that home court really is uh, something to reckon with. I think that might be the difference here in this game. The spread around three is probably going to be right. I'm probably going to stay off it, but I would lean towards the home team here. Uh, just some special magic there in in that venue, Matthew.
3: Yeah, kind of a minor note. I think Donovan Dent is out for this game. I know his numbers aren't eye popping. I watch him play. I'm like, this guy's awesome. He's like the so ultimate expatriate for this level. So athletic. So <laughs> he's the he's just he's the cheat code. We need a bucket late. Go get us one. Like he's almost like more effective than uh, House and Mashburn at doing that. But just something to note. I think he does kind of matter in that regard. But nothing for me here. Yeah, I Utah State has, has struggled. Yeah, against...
2: Mashburn, I'll take
1: Mashburn the house over Dent. Thanks. Yeah, Mashburn's there. <laughs> Dent's really good, though.
3: Yeah. Dent's really he's, good, though. That's all I'm saying. He's going to be
1: awesome next year and the year following Dent. He, right now, he's kind of like the erratic freshman off the bench guard. Uh, but Utah State against San Diego State, Boise, Nevada, I think they've struggled with the length and athleticism of those teams. And New Mexico brings that a little bit, particularly at the three through five spots. Utah State. Beautiful offense, but um, it's tough for them to manufacture great shots against those high-level athleticism teams. But it's tough home court, so I am, once again, torn. Can't give a super strong recommendation on that one. All right, guys, let's talk Thursday. I have a very strong take on this one. Hopefully you'll agree. Ford Atlantic, minus one at UAB. Mathematically, this is the toughest test left on FAU's schedule. Uh, the only game at 50% or below of win probability. Now, UAB is a hard team to crack right now. Jelly Walker has not been playing. Apparently, it's a pain tolerance thing, so at any point, he could be out there and good to go. He's been cleared by doctors. And, Kai, the Blazers looked a lot better over the weekend after suspending yeah. Ty and JV and Davis. And it seemed like they kind of circled the wagons and uh, had a lot yeah. more going for them there. Now they take on FAU. FAU also has to go to Charlotte on Saturday. What are you looking at with this game?
2: Uh, love this FAU squad. The, by far the best mid-major in the country. Uh, they're awesome. Watch had pleasure of watching them on TV uh, the other the other day. This UAB team, if Jelly Walker is in, I actually lean their way. I, I, they should have won this first matchup. They were up late, up six points late, under four to play at FAU. Very impressive effort. I do think the Davis and Brewer subtractions are an indeed addition. Probably some chemistry issues uh, folded into there. But Matt, if Jelly is out again, I cannot take UAB. In fact, probably an FAU if that was the case.
3: I'm second FAU regardless, Jim, all the way on my owls. This is like the, you get this win and you feel really good about your Atlar. Like, not like it's a lock, but man, this is, you're right, kind of the last big hurrah for. It reminds me of the San Francisco. Uh, who did they play last year where they got their big win late in the year? That kind of felt like it's slipped. I think it was the WCC tournament, but it, it feels like this is a that big milestone win for a program that's never been in the tournament. That's been never been this good. Uh, they need this win, so I think they get it. I do.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm all in with them too, Matt. That was my angle on this. I just think they're better in UAB. While they did look sharper without Davis and and uh, Brewer. I think that's part of what would make them a tough matchup is the length and athleticism and and Davis's physicality in the paint. FAU rocks. Like if you haven't watched them, if you're listening to this pod, Mm -hmm. they are seven guards and wings that can create their own shot plus two dominant centers that they rotate. And so they've got four shooters on the floor at all times, four guys that can run a pick and roll at all times. And they always have one guy that can score with his back to his basket, uh, can protect the rim. It's just such a fun blend of players that go nine deep with that, and just everybody's dangerous. Yeah, I I just I I think FAU has has kind of figured things out, and they get up for their biggest games. Kind of the result at home is a little a little concerning. I I think the fact that UAB kind of almost had them beat at FAU is alarming, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm still riding with them. I'm riding with the Owls. I would Pardon like me. to. Pardon they did go to the tournament in yes.
3: 2002. I forgot about that. So, this would be their just, second uh, tournament's
2: appearance. That's what I was going to say. Also, huh. UAB is desperate for this game. They need this too. So, I I don't know. This is their biggest game of the season remaining. So, there, there's, there's angles on both sides here.
1: All right. From the top of the mid-major world to the very bottom in the Trash Man pick of the week.
3: The Trash Man pick of the week. I'm the
0: Trash Man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage, and you know it. Totally unreliable. Is it? Undependable. That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good.
1: It's LIU at Merrimack. Merrimack is an eleven-point favorite. They are taking on the worst team in the country per Ken Palm, three hundred and sixty-third, very, very bottom. Definitely a bottom three team. Any way you slice it, this LIU squad is bleak. Front court is is bad. Turned over their roster right before the season because of a late, questionable coaching change. And then Matt, on the other side, you have Merrimack who had a streak of 16 straight games that went under the total. So you have that against one of the worst teams. How do you get excited about this game? Well, you don't, Jim. I
3: part of me is I, I like not following um, a, a few teams or like conferences like these low majors. And you look at spreads after kind of feeling ignorant. I, I almost think it's actually works in your favor here. Like at LIU, I know they're terrible, but like plus 11, like Merrimack's been awful too. Like why are we not taking plus 11 here? No? Stupid. Good luck. Hi. Okay. Good luck. I'll I'll need it for sure.
2: I don't think it's necessarily stupid, but it's worth noting LIU is one of the worst ATS teams in the country. Like their their spreads are huge every game. They're still five and thirteen against the spread. It's pretty dire. Now Merrimack plays so slow that it might just be impossible for them to blow a team out. They've beaten two teams this year by 12. And that's it. That's the highest margin of victory for them this year. is 12 points. So that's about what the spread is at. I bet it might be even higher than eleven. Now, against zone, you look at LIU stats; pretty good. Really small sample size, but currently ninety percent, ninetieth percentile in points per possession. I doubt that stays the the course against Merrimack. Their zone's a bit different. Uh, they they definitely force turnovers, and LIU is literally the worst offensive and defensive team in the NEC right now. I wouldn't take LIU against anybody.
1: Yeah, that's that's where I land. I think you can make a lot of cases for LIU in the sense that. Merrimack is one of the worst offenses in the country and you're going to lay double digits with them. They're one of the worst rebounding teams both ways in the country and you're going to lay double digits with them. Uh, they've scored 70 points twice this season. Both were in losses. They have not scored 70 in a win. They only score by strangling you or they only win by strangling you. And does that really play up for an 11-point favorite? I don't know. But Matt, I just I can't do it. I can't do it with LIU. I can't get on board with those Sharks. Only D1 win was without their...
3: Presumed best player this year. So that all makes sense, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Marco Ma- uh... uh,
3: Malatic. How do you say his name? He's a yeah, uh, sharp Sharpshooter. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Nothing makes sense.
1: Nothing makes it's, sense. It's bleak that's for, the, for the LIU. They've, they've got a long rebuild ahead of them <laughs> or quick work in the portal this offseason. We'll see what Mr. Strickland can do. All right. Let's get to our last section here. It is the spotlight on bubble battles. I kind of alluded to this earlier, said we talk about it. Uh, we've discussed some bubble teams, the Oklahoma schools, Utah State, Florida, Arizona State. And it just before we talk a couple more matchups, general question, Kai, how, do, you, do you factor this in, the idea that these teams are desperate, they need to increase their own mm-hmm. metrics, and it's a little bit more important to them than a team that's fighting for a one or two seed or a team that's completely out of the tournament? As we go down the stretch here, is this something you're at least going to have in the back of your mind when you're handicapping?
2: Maybe. The, it's a really good talking point for gambling shows, Jim. So it's something we'll probably bring up multiple times on our own show. In reality, I don't know if it actually makes a difference. It's really hard to do a data project on this and see if teams in these situations actually play better. Theoretically, they should. And uh, frankly, though, Matt, I think it's all talk. It's you guys, we really need this one. Well, OK, you're not going to make your team play better just by saying that. And hey, the other team doesn't want to lose either. They're, they're college kids. They want to, they want to win this game. That's right. Kids. I said kids, Matthew, Uh, you know, I might consider Jim if I'm leaning towards that team anyways, maybe just a deciding factor that pushes me over the edge, but certainly not going to take a team just solely based on that.
3: Yeah. I'll cherry pick it. I'll move the goalpost. I'll tell you why it matters for teams I like and why it doesn't for teams. I don't. So now that's what everyone out there who talks publicly about this stuff will do too. So just know that's, I don't think there's any real true data that discerns this as a legit angle. Um,
1: but it's always case by case. And I do think it's something worth being aware of for sure. Here's my anecdotal sense of it. I think it matters more in games like the Arizona state one where winning by more is important than it does in games where it's a coin flip. Who's going to win? Like, I don't think it adds to your motivation to win, but if you're late in a game where we're only, we're up seven and we could just, you know, go to sleep, pull our starters for the last 30 seconds or, uh, in the final two minutes, we're up six and we want to win by 12. Like, I think there is something to that, extending the lead a little bit, because on the other side, if the game's already decided, the other team's probably not going to be motivated to keep it to a six-point deficit versus 12. So mm. if you do have something like that, where it's a good team versus a lesser team that could potentially blow them out, then I'll then I'll factor it in. But if it's a coin flip game, both teams are going to be trying just as hard. No No, no real edge in that. All right, a couple that I want to just discuss here. Big bubble games on Wednesday and Thursday. We won't get into the weekend. We'll leave that to Stuckey and Co. Uh, but Seton Hall at St. John's on Wednesday. Both teams definitely on the fringes of the at-large discussion. Not super in the mix right now, but they could get there. They've got time and opportunities in the Big East. Uh, Kai, just in general, we won't even break down the matchup. Which one of these do you prefer long-term, the Pirates or the Red Storm? The Pirates, uh, for sure. I, I believe
2: in... Holloway a little bit more than Mike Anderson. I think the defense is for real. And I I, I do like the talent on the offensive, and especially if, if Alexis uh, Yetna ever comes back, who knows if he's ever going to play this season. But I buy Hall more long-term. Posh Alexander's been out the last couple of games for St. John's and almost blew a game at Georgetown recently. Just not a team I trust this season.
1: Yeah, that's where I land. Matt, your question, Pitt, at UNC, they're getting seven per Ken Palm. Penn State at number one, Purdue getting 10. Pitt's right there to be in. Penn State maybe uh, you know one or two spots outside of the field, given some of the projections I've seen. Which one of these two road teams from the state of Pennsylvania is more likely to get a big win, Pitt at UNC or Penn State at Purdue? I think Pitt. I think Jeff Capel goes
3: back to his former Duke days as a player puts on, you know, puts his mind in that old, you know, blue blood tobacco road rivalry. He gets his pit boys. I think they play well The guards are awesome. Um, you could argue that with the erratic nature of UNC's backcourt, the better backcourt might be on pit side just for this one game. Um, certainly a good angle. If you're looking to find a, uh, a dog here, and in Penn state, you're right, Jim, you talked about this in the notes here, the matchup's just too, too against them. Um, they can spread you out and shoot it, but, They've proven they can't stop the legit big guys up front in those conference, right? Penn State, until Shrewsbury finds some resistance at the end, they're going to struggle against the Dickinsons and the TJDs and the EDs, et cetera, on this league.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's definitely Pitt, and the spread is lower for a reason, so it's indicating it's more likely, but Pitt's already won at Northwestern, NC State, and Syracuse. Like th- Those are solid road wins. Mm-hmm. You know, Georgia Tech, Louisville, whatever, throw those out, but especially Northwestern and NC State, those are tournament-caliber teams, and Pitt's already won on the road at those places. And meanwhile, Penn State has already played Purdue, and they just really struggled with, you have to send doubles to Edie. I mean, every team has to, but Penn State is particularly small, and they weren't really able to take as much advantage on the offensive end, spreading out, barely got over one point per possession against the Boilermakers. Um, Not a home game, not a true home game. That was at the Palestra, but uh, now it's a true road game at Mackey, I, I fear for what happens in the paint in that game. That's probably a blowout. All right. One more or, or two more, I guess, to mention here on Thursday. Uh, Kai, this one is actually a really big bubble battle. Both teams are in yeah. the mix and need it. Wisconsin at Ohio State. Now it's the seven-point spread because of where these two land analytically. Ohio State way up yeah. there in those projections. Uh, but the profiles are going in the wrong direction for tournament likelihood. Who do you like here? Whether it's against the spread or just um, going forward for a potential bid? Going forward's
2: Ohio State for sure. I- I've given up on the Badgers here. Um the spot of all spots against Illinois last game at home, Cole Center, should have been a win, and they just peed down their legs. Uh the offense is a real issue. They cannot score. It's even terrible. with wall on the floor, they it's struggle. Terrible on offense. <laughs> it's a big problem. Um and Ohio State has legit, legit players on this team. I still think they can make the tournament. Now, seven points is a lot, but I'm kind of done betting on Wisconsin until future notice.
3: I told you Wisconsin stinks, guys. I'm glad you finally came around to it. The issue here is that I think they can compete with Ohio State with the way Ohio State's playing until Ohio State figures how, what their identity is. And again, I think we talked about how they kind of lost it. Um, so what I foresee here is a spot where Wisconsin maybe competes with, if not shocks, Ohio State on the road and then they come back home and I'm actually gonna bet the purple kittens guy on Sunday, Northwestern at Wisconsin. i was just, I'm just gonna
2: remind you of Wisconsin's non-con, Matt. Lost by one to Kansas in overtime, beat USC, beat Marquette away in overtime, beat Iowa away in overtime. Wisconsin used to be good. There was reason to yeah. believe it's years, no years
3: ago. Years ago. <laughs> Iowa was an asterisk Marquette was a great There's spot. No Kansas here. great. Fine. I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, Kansas was at the, the ballroom with the – it's the stupid
2: Bahamas auditorium. It's dumb. No, Wisconsin's not any good. You can't caveat Marquette. That's one of the best wins of the year.
1: Yeah, great Marquette. Spot. It's rivalry, great spot. I, I guess, maybe. That's uh, not a good spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's it was a great spot. We seven. broke it
3: down in this program. It was an excellent spot. It was an all-time spot.
1: Come, Wisconsin's six Come on. Wisconsin's lost 6-7. Ohio State's lost 7-8. of eight. Behave, children. Behave. I'm slapping you both <laughs> on the wrist. I'm, I'm Tony rallying, timeouting time-outing you, mute, negative one point for both That's of my you. my favorite show's growing up. Yeah, there Love you go. It. Um, yeah, both mm. these teams are playing very, very poorly right now, uh, and maybe you make a case for one of them rallying, but I think it'll be more whoever wins is just less bad right now. So as Matt said, yeah. maybe you look to fade either one of them in the following game. Uh, Oregon is a nine-point dog at Arizona. They're not quite dead. But, man, they've got two Q3 losses, poor metrics. They just need to stack up wins. Last point to make here, as I said initially, I think some of the we're a bubble team, we need to improve metrics can matter when you are better, clearly better than the other team, and you can increase the margin. That would apply to Utah hosting Stanford, Mizzou hosting LSU, and even Creighton, as great as they are analytically, are pretty far down there in the bubble picture because of the losses they took early in the year they're at georgetown they have every incentive to win that game by 30. Mm. um so keep an eye on those some of those those bigger spreads for favorites that potentially could improve their standing with big big wins that wraps it up for us today fellas that's it on our episode of big bets on campus thank you to betmgm for sponsoring the episode you'll catch stucky and friends on friday going through their typical uh episode but for now We appreciate you tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday.
0: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.